The question is this, what is it that has some of us find our way to the top of our game, to overcome adversity and challenges, resistance and self-sabotage, to rise from the ashes time and time again? What is it that has everyday people just like you and I act boldly in the name of their passions and live out their wildest dreams in this lifetime? That is the question, and this podcast has the answers. My name is Carrie McCauley, and this is Choose Unstoppable. Hello, and welcome to Choose Unstoppable. My name is Carrie McCauley, and we are joined today with Mr. Matthew Turner. I'm excited to share his story with you. He's a super interesting dude. He's a British author who has published three novels and now moved on to a nonfiction business book. So I'm sure there's a bit of an interesting twist there. Uh, He's written a book called Beyond the Pale. And that is written on the back of interviewing hundreds of successful entrepreneurs, authors, investors, thought leaders. And Matthew is known for building relatable fables for those looking to live a meaningful, purpose-driven life. I mean, who isn't, Matthew, quite frankly? First, I want to say hello and welcome, and thanks for being here. Hello, Kerry. Thank you very much for having me. And indeed, we all want a purposeful life. I think we do. I would like to think we do. I'm really excited to for sure hear about some of these interviews and everything that you've learned. Cause I mean, you cannot interview hundreds of successful people and not walk away a ton wiser, but I'd love to start if we could, cause we love a good story on this show with a little about you. So you obviously were, are, excuse me, a writer who was writing fiction novels and then switched and you've written this book beyond the pale. How did you get to here? What, what was, what's, the deal well it's been a journey i i didn't study english and language so i'm not my background isn't in writing my background is in terms of education and going through university and my master's level was in marketing but i i started writing as really a form of therapy after a pretty rough breakup around about 21 Mm. i always revolted against writing when i was younger because I, i i wasn't particularly good when it came to grammar I think looking back, I probably had elements of dyslexia, mm. um, which wasn't as common when I was your age. I think people are tested more often than yeah. not, but certain manners that I feel like I'm on a spectrum in that sense. Mm. So I just always struggled with spelling and grammar, and I wasn't an avid reader as partly for that, really into sport. So I always kind of just, I don't like English. I'm not good at English. But I turned to writing just in the form of journaling, really, just to get thoughts out. And I realized quickly that it wasn't that I disliked writing. In fact, I always gravitated towards storytelling and I always had a bit of a wild imagination. So I realized growing up, I I struggled with English purely because I just struggled with the technicalities of language and writing rather than the the creative art form Mm. and craft. So I started writing journaling and I came up with an idea for my first book Beyond Parallel which I started writing around about 15 years ago now which is insane to think and that was just very much a a side love affair for probably six or seven years I'd write a little bit leave it I kind of finished it but it was rough and I, I didn't send it out or let anyone see it I'd return to it leave it return to it leave it 
And I got to around about 27 and I'd completed my master's. I'd been working in the, you know, the real world for a couple of years, realized it wasn't that fun. <laughs> and I, I realized I wasn't a particularly good employee. So I decided to leave so I could work for myself. And I was, the, the original idea was that I would become some kind of freelance marketing consultant. And I would write on the side. I would finally finish Beyond Parallel, my novel. I would see where that took me. Long story short, that was about eight years ago now. I finished Beyond Parallel. It led to my second novel, Tick to the Talk, which led to my third novel, I Unlove You. And while all this was happening, I was wandering in the wilderness, trying to find my way as a, a marketer, which was easier said than done. But I also liked the idea of interviewing people, again, storytelling, mm -hmm. hearing other people's stories, bringing them to life. And I had this idea for a nonfiction book called The Success Mistake, which is where the start of my interviewing all those hundreds of people, which you mentioned in the introduction, began. So I was writing all my novels and meanwhile doing all these interviews so I could write The Success Mistake, which took two or three years to write, maybe even a little longer. And that was like my first nonfiction book. And as I was doing all this, I had a desire one day to somehow bring my fiction passion and my more sort of logical sort of business centered in, in nonfiction together. And it was in the lead up, just shortly before I learned that my, my daughter was going to come into this world, I had the idea which became Beyond the Pale. And it's a fable, very much written for today's more modern business owner, stuck in the online world, stuck in the hustle. And it's fiction, it's a novel. But I interviewed real people and I obviously were inspired by all those hundreds of people that I interviewed for the Success Mistake and for other podcasts and for other projects that I've worked on over the years. So there's nonfiction roots in it, actual stories, features real people, but it's fiction. Yeah. And yeah, it's kind of this blend. So this is my fifth book. And yeah, I mean, people can't see it right now, but I'm showing it to you. Yeah, I can see camera. it. Yeah. And at the time I recorded this, the, the first batch arrived in my door about three days ago. So I've been smelling the book and flipping through it and been very excited. <laughs> Not going out yeah, tonight. Yeah, basically. So that's, yeah, that's kind of a run through. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, amazing. I think I need to apologize because I said that it was a nonfiction business book because I thought maybe you had kind of transitioned, but you've taken nonfiction based entrepreneurial success stories and written a story based on all of that and based off of everything that you learned and discovered there. Yeah. So the nonfiction book, which is very much your more typical nonfiction personal development book is The Success Mistake, which I released a few years ago now. Uh, and for that book, I interviewed, I think the final number is 163. So that book did come to life. The success it did. did. Yeah. It's, okay. it's, it's out there. It's, it's in the world and on Amazon and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it was a book I'm very proud of. And yeah, I, it was a huge driver for me when I first started working for myself because it was an opportunity to meet all these people who I aspired to meet. And I, and I just, it all stemmed from this idea is I, I realized I had no idea what I was doing. So I just wanted to learn from other people, but rather than just reading all the stories and reading all the books, I, I just wanted to form a connection with hearing them and, it's more common now with podcasts, but this all began six or seven years ago yeah. when it wasn't as, you know, prevalent as it is today. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, I, I've, it, it was a podcast for a little while, but I never really saw it as much as a podcast. It was more just for me. And it was like this personal journey into lots of little mini coaching sessions of people who just inspired me in one way or another. And I learned about their failure. That's basically what the book is about, success mm. mistake. Listening to people's failures and how they managed to turn them around into success. But it was everything I learned from those people and through writing The Success Mistake, which ultimately led to Beyond the Pale. Because I realized that the way we define success, my definition of success back then compared to what it is today, totally different. I didn't really understand what success meant to me. I was just following a version of what I believed it to be through society and through my upbringing and through education and so on. And that's even more prevalent today through social media because you're constantly connected with all these influences, all mm -hmm. these people who seem to have the act together. And you're like, I want to be like them, so maybe mm -hmm. I should follow their own. Mm -hmm. So it led me to have a great understanding of what success actually means. It led me into the sort of role hustle culture plays in the majority of us today in 2021 mm -hmm. and beyond. And yeah, it also sent me down this personal development rabbit hole and how mindset and habits and philosophy and psychology and physiology and all these different things. So writing The Success Mistake was amazing because it just sent me on a journey of exploration in a, an outer. And that is what led me to need to write Beyond the Pale. Yeah, it is uh, I have so many questions, but I'll start with just this one for a second. Is Beyond the Pale kind of a spiritual or evolutionary journey through the business, like where business, like from like the world of hustle to the world of like self actualization, if I may be so bold? Like kind yeah. of a story like that. Yeah. I can't, I have to ask you, what is your, you know, you said you transitioned from this kind of hustle culture view of success, which I think we can all relate to and have a picture of in our mind to what success is to you now, what, what's the, what's the million dollar answer? What is success to you now? It's, um, it probably makes me sound really bad, but I've realized over the last few years that I am quite lazy. Not in, not in a, not in a sort of like poor work ethic, but I have no desire to be working on lots of things. So success for me is the very essence of like financial freedom, not financial freedom in, in terms of being rich and having an X amount of dollars or whatever. It's just not having to particularly think or be rooted in finances on any given day. I aspire to be the sort of person who can just focus on my writing for like two hours a day and dedicate my morning to just my mind, body, and spirit to dedicate my afternoons to just thinking. Because as a writer, like the more time you have to just think, that's mm. where it all comes from. But unfortunately, you don't have a great deal of time to think when you're busy working with clients or doing this or doing that. And I just have more time with family and more time to just take my time, which is something I've realized I don't like to rush. I don't like to have a lot on. The less I have to do, the better. Not so little to do, but I become like, the more, I suppose, realized definition of, of um, laziness where you just lie around all day, which I have certainly slipped into over the last year being in lockdown. 
it's uh, that's a more sort of lethargic laziness, but just a more, I suppose, purpose-driven laziness where I can say no. In fact, I need to say no so I can be more committed to the important yes. So that is success for me. It's it's not like a a money amount or having a big business. It's being yeah, having enough so I can just rid as much as possible. Be a minimalist, not just in terms of possessions, but more minimalist in, in terms of actions. And so what would you say was the catalyst for that transformation for you from this world of like hustle that I think we're all either taking part in or we're certainly watching it around us and it were rewarded for when we say oh my gosh I'm so busy I've been working so hard and it's part of like common culture now where you know that's your little we get to throw those out like badges almost about how hard we're working and how much we're doing and how much we have on our plate and you know where was the where was the moment or was it a gradual uh time for you that you started to depart from that life into something a little more uh lazy in the best possible sense I'm all about lazy there's there's two parts to it there's the nudge and then then the leap so the nudge happens really throughout doing the interviews and writing the success and mistake I think I subconsciously realized I gravitated more towards the people who were, you know, what the, the version of lazy, which we just talked about. They were nomadic. They, they knew what they were. They didn't care to be, you know, an idea of success or whatever people saw. They, they were content and happy working on less. And I didn't have as much of a, a personal attraction to those people who, I met and spoke to who were, you know, inspirational and, and, and fantastic and very successful, but they had all these different businesses. They had all these different outlets and they wore all these different hats. I was like, that's just the very idea of it. I found like overwhelming and you know, I just like took my anxiety to new levels. So I realized that actually there are incredible people who I'm very much attracted to who are lazy and they are less is more. And they live it. They don't just say it, but they are living it. So I think that was kind of a gradual nudge. And then the leap happened when I learned that Imogen, who's just turned free a couple of weeks ago, was coming into the world. Because I realized that my, my partner at the time, Rosanna and me, we were in the process of kind of moving in together. All of a sudden, this was having to be sped up. And I realized I was going to have to earn more because I was still to an extent wandering in the wilderness just not quite as rooted as I could be because I kept trying to be all these different things to all these different people saying yes saying yes thinking I needed to follow that trend the whole idea of hustle right you know shiny objects follow the latest trend later for platform so I realized I had to start earning a more consistent income because like my second kid and I was going to be like living with my partner I was going to be with Imogen 24-7 and I had this responsibility so I had to step up to the plate but I also realized more importantly than the money was I was probably going to have to half my workload not just for the first couple of months but indefinitely because I wanted to be there I wanted to be a more present father and I, I wanted to do it you know the right way and I realized I, at the time I was like waking up at seven o'clock and the first thing I'd do was opening up a laptop and just doing busy work and I was in the coffee shop until close at seven o'clock at night. And I was coming home and I was doing like maybe an interview here or there or catching up on some emails. 
And I, I start the question like, how much of the work that I'm doing throughout the day is, is actually important? How much of it is actually going to be you know, valuable, not just myself, but what I'm sending out there to the world? So I realized I had to start saying no more. I had to commit myself to this less is more. And yeah, that was kind of the leap. It pushed me to force, you know, looking in the mirror and saying, you are stuck in the hustle. You are, even though you might say you don't like it, even though you might say, oh, I'm not one of these grinders who goes into it. Like in an average day, you're working far more than you have to. And from here on in, it's a choice. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that journey. I think the the final line there that it's a choice is really what it comes down to every day for all of us we either choose to kind of get swept up by the current of this kind of hustle culture or to try to you know get out of the stream and just take a look around at what you know what is really necessary what is really you know the fundamentals that we need to to do life basically and how do we separate the two and still survive and still feel fulfilled and still feel you know like worthy if I can be you know so bold I do I do want to talk about the book I mean obviously we're going to talk about the book anyway but first of all beyond the pale what's what's where did that name what's with the name I mean I I suppose I've heard of the you know the the phrase over the years but it really it, it became rooted in me when I was um, listening to Stealing Fire um, on my runs. And it was at a time when this book was, I, it was before I started writing it, but it was very much top of mind and I was really very conscious. Um, Imogen was still in her mom's tummy at the time. So I was really conscious of this mm-hmm. like hustle. And Beyond the Pale, they would talk about it, you know, it, it, it's this idea of going beyond your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And the way I, we can expand upon this in a second if you want me to explain like the the three arches and three phases of the book. But if you imagine at any given time in your life, you live in a house, it's your bubble. And you can look at this on a macro level, like your life as a whole, or you can look at this on a micro level because you only ever know what you know. And we'll often surround ourselves around these notions of like, we know what we know to keep ourselves comfortable. So we build ourselves this house and we build a fence around this house and it's nice and safe and it's comfortable. And we do our work and we hang out with our family and, you know, I'm talking on a sort of more figurative level here, Mm -hmm. a literal one. So we keep ourselves safe in this little homestead and you're within your pale. And you may appreciate that there is a world outside, beyond that fence, beyond the pale, but you can't see it. You don't know what's beyond the horizon because you're on ground level and you've never gone outside of it. So the, and we can talk about the, the next phases if you like. Yeah, in yeah. A second, but, yeah. So, but that's kind of where the, the, uh, the idea of a book names come from. You know, we're all in this house we're all within and inside of our own version of the pale mm-hmm. and we get to choose at some point in our life whether we want to step beyond it incredible okay so what as you what is the journey of the book you mentioned three arcs like what what is that 
so there's three phases and it's not talked about in the book as such because it's it's a novel so if this was a non-fiction book it would be structured like this but it's more yeah it's it's more just read between the lines but there's three phases within it and it's phase one is the awakening phase two is the ascension and phase three is evolution so if you imagine the awakening is you step over the fence you go beyond the pale all of a sudden for whatever reason someone has come along or something has come along that's inspired you and you're now your eyes are opened matrix style red pill or blue pill mm-hmm. and that's the choice do you roll back over go back to sleep or do you say no like enough is enough i want to improve i want to grow i want to do it whether it's a something to do with your business or your personal development or your relationship, whatever it else. So that's stage one, like the awakening. And all of a sudden you see more, you have your eyes open. And if you decide to take that next step, you can't unsee, you can't unknow. You've already grown by just becoming aware, by just opening yourself to it. And in doing so, you, you walk a little way from your house and you find yourself up a foot of a mountain. That represents phase two, the ascension. And that's a difficult part. And yeah. I feel like a lot of people, and I certainly include myself in that a lot of the time in many assets, facets of life, we have our eyes open, we, we get inspired. So we have our awakening. But then we spend the coming months, years, maybe even forever, just sat at the foot of a mountain, too afraid to take that step or maybe we try a few steps to go up the mountain but slip and fall and we'll go this isn't for me mm-hmm. go back in within the pale but if you commit yourself to the ascension that represents the idea of climbing the mountain and it is not easy you will come across dead ends you'll come across bad weather you'll come across all sorts of things and you can't really ever see more than what's in front of you because you're climbing a damn mountain you know, so all you can really focus on is one step after a time. You can have a plan, you can have a strategy, but it doesn't tend to work out. If you climb for long enough, and if you persevere, and if you persist, it leads you to the summit, which represents evolution. And it's a fantastic point because you're able to now look down the mountainside and appreciate the path you've taken up and realize that you took the long-winded route. If you'd have taken that turn into that one, you would have reach the top far sooner but you're at the top and all of a sudden you look out and you see a whole new world and you can see your house down there at the foot of a mountain that old little house that you spent so long inside and you can't believe you spent so long inside it because now you see there are towns and cities and villages and forests and lakes and a whole world out there that you didn't even know really existed when you were living in that little house of yours and that's evolution but there's a tricky part of it here because this isn't a one and done thing you can look at this three stages as a macro level like this can happen over many years but we go through this in little bits you know something that might you know you awaken you ascend and you evolve over the course of a few days by learning a new skill for instance and so just because you evolve doesn't mean you've got it figured out a lot of the times, stage three evolution just represents a new awakening, mm-hmm. a different chapter, because you turn around and what's that 
it's another mountain, mm -hmm. a taller one. You didn't even know it existed mm -hmm. when you started this journey because all you could see in the beginning was this first mountain. So now you have a choice. Do I ascend that? And it's just a cyclical um, entity then until your end of days, this idea of awakening, ascension, evolution, awakening, ascension and evolution. It always comes down to choice. So that's the, the like, that's the book. Yeah. It follows Ferdinand, very typical successful Silicon Valley entrepreneur on the outside looking in is the success story. Everyone aspires to be like him. And he assumes he's on the right path. But someone comes along, forces him to question his life and his goals and his version of success. And he realizes he's been self-sabotaging. So he's awoken. And then he has a choice on whether to ascend, go on a journey, meets people, people that I've interviewed for the book and goes further down that rabbit hole of personal development and mindset and all these other things and starts to learn things and he can't unsee what he's seen. And then at the end of the book is this notion of evolution, but well, it's only book one of three. So it just leads to, it just leads to the next awakening. First of all, you're an incredible storyteller. I was like hanging on, transfixing <laughs> every word, talking about the story. So that's gotta say something about the actual story. <laughs> I would love to know, given your own experience and all the people that you've spoken to, even now having really had to go through this transformation with Ferdinand creating him, what would your advice be? Because we're going to have to end. I feel like I could talk to you for days, but what would your advice be to someone who has just kind of reached that awakening um, and they are either looking at the mountain you know, just too concerned about what might happen on that journey, or maybe they've got a couple of scrapes and bruises and they, they're they at the point where fear and desire are just kind of like ebbing and flowing and you almost become paralyzed there. What, what would your advice be to someone who's standing there considering going back in the house? That's a good question. And first of all, the important thing to know is that it's totally normal. Mm -hmm. I refuse to believe anyone feels anything other than that yeah. in that situation. Now, there's degrees to this, isn't there? This idea of awakening, ascension, evolution. It can happen on a minor scale where it's something small. It's not big beans. You know, it's, it's, it's not high risk. So it's easier then because the fear is less. But sometimes this represents like a huge change, a new career, a new, a new going to a new country, uh, you know, a new business. It can involve something big. So assuming that it's medium or big, know that you're not alone. Know that it's absolutely natural. And when I got the when the books came through a few days ago, I figured I would just feel nothing but excitement. Mm. And I was, I was excited, and I was really you know, jovial about it, but I was also really nervous and a little bit kind of like down and like oh, mm -hmm. up. And I mentioned it to someone I've just been recently talking to, I don't know them very well, but they, and it's something I need to research because I find it really interesting. They said that the research shows that um, excitement and kind of like, like nerves, they come from the same area of the brain. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't really talk about it any more than that because I don't know. I, it's something I need to research. I find it really interesting that uh, 
it seems like, uh, yeah, fear and excitement are like shadows of one another, which makes a whole lot of sense, not just on a physiological level, but a, a psychological level too. So that's makes sense. Whenever you are going to be super excited about the possibility of something, you're going to be equally fearful of the unknown and, and vice versa. All I can say is there's no way around that. But a couple of people while interviewing for John Taylor, there might have been three people, there was definitely two, AJ Leon and Hollis Carter. And they both talked about it completely separately as I was talking about completely separate things with them. But they both mentioned take a leap and grow wings on the way down. So that comes into the book. And it's the only way to approach the ascension. Now you can come up with a strategy, you can come up with a plan, and you can create a certain amount of protection. If we use the mountain metaphor, for instance, you can, you know, tie a rope and, you know, make sure you've got the little uh, little hooks and things. I don't, know, <laughs> I don't really know what it's all called, but you know what I mean, rather than just going freehand, right? But climbing a mountain, ropes or no ropes, is a dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. So whether it's building a new business, whether it's going into a new relationship or letting go of an old one, whether it's something that is representing big change, big evolution, you feel like there's going to be humongous growth on the other end, however far down that road that other end will be, whether it's weeks, months, years, a decade or more, at some point you need to take that leap and just trust and have faith in yourself that you will grow wings on the way down. You will make mistakes. Mm -hmm. You will fail. It will be painful. There is no way you can climb a mountain without feeling pain even if you climb a thousand mountains Mm -hmm. you never get so experienced and so fit and so healthy that it will not be a painful experience but you've just got to trust that you will figure it out as you go along you will learn you will grow and that will be enough because you are enough I'm not going to say anything else. That was so good. It was ended so beautifully. Just the notion that you are enough and you will figure it out. I love, like we've figured out hard things before and we will continue to, and we just have to like take a look back and be like, I've done hard things. I can do this one too. It's a great point. I actually just wrote about it earlier. I'll be really quick on it. And it's a great thing that we can all do. It's all around progress and it, helps root you in that I am enough. It's something anyone can do. Compare who you are today to who you were a year ago or five years ago or 10 years ago. And and just choose one thing. It might be like income. It might be like the rates that you charge if you're a freelancer. Whatever you're charging your client today, just think about it. Like go back, like check your accounts a year ago and see what you were charging a similar client for a similar amount of work. Most people, when you look back over a year, two years, whatever it may be, you realize, holy hell like I have made some big progress but you don't give yourself credit yeah you don't you don't take stock of that so if you want proof that you are indeed enough and that you are heading in the right direction just compare who you are today to who you were a little while ago and you'll likely see that you've progressed far more than you give yourself credit for I love it yeah we're so quick to hang on to and notice where we're still not there yet we're still not there yet we still haven't achieved what we thought we would be by here by now versus the incremental successes and growth we've had along the way it's very rare we look back and you know celebrate those moments we're just still not where you know some out of reach bar that we've set for ourselves 
Uh, Matthew, this has been amazing. I am so glad that we've met. I think you are delightful. Uh, I'm really excited about your book. I know you're really excited having just got it in your hands, but I love that there is a message out there um, that isn't just your typical step one, step two, step three business book, that it's actually about more of a, a spiritual journey. Entrepreneurship success is a spiritual journey. I don't think there's any other way to put it. And the more we keep making it about kind of, you know, facts and tactics and strategies and, you know, things to do while, you know, everything has its place, we also need to talk about the transformations and the, you know, the ascension and the evolution. Those are real parts of growing, whether it's inside of a business or in any area of life. So thanks for doing that work and thanks for sharing it with the rest of us. Oh, you're welcome. It's been a pleasure. And I'm on that journey as we all are. And I'm not one of those people who's way down the line and I'm looking back with hindsight. I'm, you know, I'm climbing that mountain. Man. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's me every day, making mistakes, growing, trying to at least. <laughs> so if we want to, I know you've got a book, you've got a copy in your hands. If we want a copy, what do we do? I'm greedy right now. They're all, they're all for <laughs> me right now. I'm going to be sending them soon. Um, so yeah, if you go to beyondbook.co, so that's beyondbook.co, and depending on when you're listening to this, the book may be available or it may not but uh, that is where everything is there's this free sample on there that you can grab and yeah, once it becomes available for pre-order and then launch and, and so on all the details will be on there and it's also got links to a free facebook group which expands upon a lot of the things in the book in a more sort of practical real world environment and the usual links to me and my instagram and facebook and stuff so yeah beyondbook.co beyondbook.co I will make sure that goes into the show notes. Uh, thank you very much, my friend. Uh, you are indeed a great storyteller. This has been completely and thoroughly enjoyable. I wish you nothing but a bumpy ride to the top of the mountain because it's the only way to get there. So proud to be on the mountain with you, my friend. I love it. Bumpy indeed. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're so welcome. For everyone listening at home, we're going to wrap it up here. We will see you next week. And until then, my friends, you choose Unstoppable. I hope this episode filled you up with inspiration and you're feeling ready to turn that into big action for some explosive growth in your business. And if that's you, then I have a free training on how to build a wildly engaged audience, get hundreds of leads in a matter of days, and even create a wildly successful launch. You can watch it right now at kerrymccauley.com backslash watch now. See the show notes for the link. And as always, thank you for tuning in. Your support means more than you could ever know. We'll see you on the next episode.